Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. So glad you can be with us. We have a terrific guest today, Sharon Chisholm. We're going to be talking to her in just a moment. Don't forget, if you're listening via iTunes, please post a short review of the show. It helps us ever so much. Uh, I should remind you that support for this podcast comes from Sendal, the door-to-door delivery parcel service that's cheaper than the post office. Head to sendal.com forward slash flying solo to get free Sendal premium worth $120 a year, and you'll get an extra dollar off every parcel you send. Now, that's a pretty good deal. Okay, well, look, as I said, my guest today is Sharon Chisholm. Hello, Sharon. Hey, Robert. How are you going? I'm good. And look, thank you so much for joining us. I said, let me just tell listeners that you're a mind health coach. You run a one-on-one coaching and online training program. You work primarily with home-based soloists, so I think we've got the right person on the call today. <laughs> and I know you do a lot of writing and speaking in support of your work. And the focus of your work is, is basically helping people keep a healthy mind in their business. So perhaps we could just start off by saying, typically, what, what, where are people when they kind of come to you? What are some of the symptoms that you see? Well, really, it varies, as of course, you know, everybody's different. But I think... As somebody who works from home myself and uh, alone at my desk most of the time, um, it's really easy to feel isolated from other people. Uh, And of course, that can be a real knock to your confidence. So most of the people who, who come to me are lacking confidence. They may be worried about the impression they're giving other people. They may worry that they're not able to be their true selves as Mm. as the face of their business. They may be experiencing some anxiety, um, some concerns about whether their business is going to be a success or not. Um, And, and, you know, there there may be some worries about, you know, their their general mental health. Yeah, sure. Well, look, there's there's a lot of things that you said there that, of course, would have a profound impact on someone's ability to actually do their work. So are you finding that um, that the majority of people that sort of, I mean, I guess it's, we should acknowledge as well, it takes, it's quite a step to even reach out and, and ask for help. So, you know, I mean, hallelujah that, that people are doing that. Yeah. But I, is it, you talk there as if um, uh, maybe people are mainly in a startup phase. Is that the case? Or can this, this kind of lack of confidence, it presumably can get anybody anywhere at any time, can't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think I think one of the things about when you're in that startup phase is you're really excited. Mm. You know, you're thinking about websites and business cards <laughs> and how you're going to change the world, which is, you know, fantastic. Um, I think often the problem, problem can come after those initial few months. Yes, okay. <clears throat> you know, when you've got your website sorted, you've got the business cards, you put yourself out there and all of a sudden... Nothing. Yes. Yes. It's it's like, oh, where have all these customers gone that I thought were going to be out there rushing towards me? And, and, you know, often it doesn't matter how fantastic your business idea or how wonderful you are at what you do. It's, you know, getting those people to find you really. And so that can be a real knock to your confidence. Mm. I I totally get that. And I think this whole, this whole notion of confidence, I mean, we know that 
um, that if you're working by yourself, you have to have a level of confidence. You have to be able, you know, you are your business in so many cases. So what do you say to somebody who's who's coming to you then in that sort of position where they just don't feel that they can do what they're meant to be doing? I mean, where on earth do you start? <laughs> That's a very good question. And, and again, it really is down to the individual and where they're at in their journey. Mm. Uh, and often we might start by talking about um, what their vision was for their business when they first started, what goals they have for their business so that they, they get that clarity back about what it was they wanted to achieve. Um, and, you know, mm. we look at where they are and where they want to be. And then we start talking about, you know, those little voices in their head that are telling them they can't do it. They're not good enough. Um, and why would anyone listen to me anyway? Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, I have those same voices pop up from time to time. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't just happen in those early days. It can happen at any point. You know, if you lose a big client or you have an illness or something, you know, happens with your business, that can then bring in those doubts about your ability. Mm. Um, and of course, when you don't particularly have someone, you know, a, a networking group that you can talk to, you can just start to feel worse and worse yeah. and worse. And do you, is that is that one of the areas that you suggest people start to develop is, is to create their own networking group? I mean, uh, I think when we say networking group, often there's sort of uh, misperceptions to what that means. And it doesn't necessarily mean a room full of 70 people, um, you know, where you eat the, the curled up sandwiches in the back of the room and don't talk to anyone. It's not, you're not necessarily, hopefully, you're not describing that. But it's a group of people with whom you can commune on a regular basis. Is that what the way you're talking about it? Oh, absolutely. And I think that, that with you know, mind health in business, that is probably the most important thing is not feeling isolated. Mm. And and that networking group could be, you know, something that's local. It could be, you know, 10 people um, that you meet for a nice lunch and not cold scrambled eggs um, that, that have similar interests or similar uh, work ethics to you they don't have to be in the same business no okay so it's very much a matter of staying connected is is what you're saying there I think absolutely and yeah. some of the online networking groups you know Facebook groups mm. have been absolutely fantastic for me um, you're full of really really supportive people and of course there are some ne negative ones out there but generally the ones I've found have been very supportive and I can go and ask any question about marketing or accounting or you know, just, oh, you know, you wouldn't believe what this customer did or mm. anything. And the support and encouragement and advice has been really life-saving sometimes. Yeah, okay. So that's that's clearly one of the starting points then is, is for anyone listening to this who's, you know, possibly not um, necessarily at the stage where they feel they want to reach out for one-on-one -on -one support. But one of the key things there you're saying is that it very much sounds like kind of go back to your foundations. Why are you doing this business? What's the vision that you had? What is it you're trying to achieve? So just reminding ourselves, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And then very much forming connections, not you know, to avoid this this sense of isolation. So important. So what one thing I I, I know you work um, largely with home based business, and I know through the Facebook group where where we have met actually through the the work that we're doing with 
um, Beyond Blue and Cosber and the great work that Leanne Fault is doing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the benefit there, obviously, of the open exchange of ideas. And indeed, you know, we, we see it every day in our forums happily. Yeah. Um, what what part does the um, the sort of the partner who who's in many households exists, you know, the the partner in the house, the husband or the wife, are they a good person to talk to or not necessarily in these situations? Um, not necessarily. I mean, of, of course, you want to be having an open and honest discussion, ideally with your partner about every area mm. of your life. But I think it's very difficult for them, of course, to be impartial yeah. um, and to because everything you're doing affects affects them. So I would suggest that that the best people to speak to are people who are doing and perhaps having similar challenges to you, who are running all you know other small businesses from home. Um, and and really, I, I like to think of it as a team of people. Yeah. Okay. You know, we have we have our partners or our friends and family, and then we have other small business owners that that will be experiencing the same successes and challenges that we are. And then there could also be mentors um, that that may come from a a much larger business background that Mm. that will be able to offer us a different range of skills and experiences. So it's really about having a team. Yeah, okay. And so it sounds very much like it's it's sort of having, I'm imagining little sort of tick boxes in our minds, just little messages of reassurance that we can get, whether it's from, as you say, from a mentor, from a fellow business owner, it might be from a, you know, a fellow parent at the school gates or someone at a networking event. It's just, we need little, we need to get those little boxes ticked that, hey, I'm not the only person that's feeling like this. I'm not the only person that's struggling with confidence. That's such a key part of it, isn't it? It's just acknowledging that, um, acknowledgement that uh, this this is something that affects a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And and I think one thing that's really important when you start connecting is that you to remember that you can only connect from a place of authenticity Mm. you're not really connecting with somebody if you're feeling the need to pretend that everything's fantastic that you've got you know customers knocking the door down um you it's about being real and saying look i'm you know i'm struggling or the clients aren't knocking the door down what could i do let's look at this because you can pretty much guarantee most other people are going to be having the same struggles Mm. and only by having those open and honest conversations can you really connect at a deep level and build that level of trust that it takes to maintain a a real relationship yeah but i guess though also there would be people i'm sure listening that are that would be very hesitant to be that open but what you're saying is you've got to find the right person or persons where you can feel comfortable being that open. Because I guess we're not saying to people, hey, go to a networking event and tell everyone how freaked, <laughs> freaked out you are. You know, that's not going to work, is it? So it's, how, what, what about someone who might, and I'm, and I'm desperately skirting around the issue of mentioning men um, mm-hmm. by, by type, but I'm going to anyway. Let's imagine hypothetical man who's not so good at talking about some of these feelings and thoughts how do you and you must have come across I'm sure a number of people that fall into that category um what do you do how do you nurture how do you how do you have those people open up what would you say to somebody who's not used to 
being open in that way? Look, it is it is really scary, particularly the first time when you you lay yourself open, raw and vulnerable. Um, and, and I think that, as you say, that is particularly challenging for men who traditionally have been seen as the, the income earner and the rock of the family and there to support everybody else. Um, and I think deep down, we know who the people are that we can trust. And, mm. and we know when we have a real connection with somebody. And it does take a little bit of time. But I have found that once they start to, you know, you don't have to suddenly delve right in there with all of the details, but it could be, you know, I've just been struggling lately with getting new clients or, um, you know, I, I've been struggling with marketing and knowing what to say and the results I've been getting haven't been what they were. Do you have similar issues? Have yes, you had okay. a similar situation? And, they, you know, they don't have to lay it all out there, but just by discussing it, gives and being really brave gives the other person the space to be able to say wow okay I didn't know I was the only person that went through that that's great perhaps we can support each other yeah okay it's that whole thing of, of um, <clears throat> getting to that point where you feel you're in a, a safe space isn't it? it it's the point that you can open up I remember years ago I went to um many and probably 30 years ago actually I was invited to a men's group and I had no idea what this was I thought just you know what is this this is like going out to the pub but there's no pub it seemed very strange <laughs> but um but it was quite fascinating actually after a very few hours with a bunch of people uh, only one of whom I knew by the end of it we were being so open with each other just mainly actually because of the, the one guy that facilitated the whole thing that was very good and made the space very safe and then you know we weren't exactly in it all sobbing by the end of it but we weren't <laughs> we weren't far off um it's incredible how um how quickly when you are in that spot when you're in somewhere where you feel comfortable that you can open up and what you're saying then is just so important the worst thing we can do I guess, is bottle up this kind of stuff, is keep it to ourselves, is to try and be those, you know, in the male case, these hard rocks. It's just the worst thing we can do, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, of course, the more you stuff it down, <clears throat> the more it builds up and it builds up like a balloon. Mm. You know, you're filling it up and filling it up and all of a sudden one day it potentially could explode. Um, and so it's better just to let that stuff out. And, again, you know, it does have to be in a in a place where you feel you can trust that person mm. uh, and some something I found really helpful when I started going to networking events uh, a number of years ago my confidence was not great at the time because of course I was going thinking what will everyone think about me what will I say what will I tell people I do no one's going to want to listen to me I turned it around and thought what if I focus on how I can be of service to other people mm. What if I take the focus completely off myself and go with purely the idea that I will learn about other people and I will ask them questions? Um, and I found that really fantastic and it made my interactions with people very different mm. because people want to be connected. They want to feel heard and be seen and feel valued. Everybody wants to feel that they're contributing something to the world and to other people. Um, and, and I don't think that's any different for men. Uh, and I'm only guessing because I'm not one. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, th I think 
that's part of human nature. I think that's that's a lovely way to put it, and it's so liberating, isn't it? When you if to to set as your goal as a networking event is to find out more about other people, where so often what people do when they go to networking is is think right, how many business cards can I stuff yeah. in people's hands, and how many time how many products can I flog? Yes, you know, it's just not the right way, isn't it? Whereas if we go in that other way and go, all right, I'm going to, I I used to set a goal for myself, which is to have three conversations with three people I've never met before, and yep. I don't care what the conversation's about, just have a conversation because invariably it turns into a pleasant conversation and invariably that leads to well what do you do so you know you kind of get your message out there whether you intended to or not but let's move this I'm going to move this away a little bit so we're talking there a fair bit about um, you know connection and being in a space where we can talk openly with people using communities and groups whether they be online or offline um, to discuss these things. So let's go back again, say, to that poor person that you mentioned at the beginning, lacking confidence. You've taken them back a bit. We've talked about sort of history and why you're doing these things. What other things can we do? Let's say, okay, we're we're doing the connection bit. We've got that kind of handled. Are there other little tactics that people listening who are maybe feeling they're on the kind of warm-up lap to... Um, this gloomy period, what else can we be doing? Should we be doing? I think, um, you know, aside from what you're saying about being clear about what you're doing and why, I think something that's really helped me is to try and make a plan for each day. Some days Mm. I'm going to feel that I can achieve lots and other days I might feel like putting the kettle on is simply an overwhelming thought. So even if I write a plan and it's only got three things on there, it gives me something to focus on rather than thinking, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what's the most important thing. I don't know what I should be doing. Okay, I'll go and watch five episodes of Game of Thrones. Right. Look, I think, think, Sharon, I should let people know here that not only are you experienced in helping people, but you, you, you have this struggle yourself. You suffer from um, bipolar. I do. Yeah, and you have days where, as you've just said to me very clearly there, and you've mentioned this to me before, it, putting the kettle on is a, is a task that's, that's kind of seemingly unsurmountable. Mm-hmm. Um, insurmountable, I think is the word. <laughs> uh, so I just thought it important that our listeners know that. You're saying this from, from a place where this is something that you work with in your own life. So when you talk there about having, so you will start the day or is it, is it you end the day before with a list of here are things that I can, could, should be doing the next day? How, how do you approach that? Yeah, I tend to do it at the end of a day um, because that way I'll say, okay, what have I achieved today? What didn't I do today that, that is really important? Uh, and then just start the list. And I don't put too many things on the list, otherwise it, it can be overwhelming, particularly yeah. if you're you know, feeling a little bit anxious anyway. And I always put the thing that I least want to do first on the list. Right. Because the that's frog. the thing. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is the thing I will put off and put off and put off and come up with reasons why I don't need to do it. But even if that is the only thing I do because I've done it first, then at least I've achieved something really great. Yeah, okay. And then what you're also saying is if you wake up on that day and your energy just has not joined you on that morning, (laughs) 
then what you're saying is you'll look at your list and you may not go for the big, hairy, audacious goal, the, the frog, whatever we want to call it, but you'll pick something smaller, but at least you'll be doing something that you know is something that needs doing. Yes. Yes, okay, that's a great strategy. So, and, and mm. Sorry. No, you carry on. Oh, I was just going to say, and, and something also really important to remember is that whilst we are running a business and we are the face of our business, we are also only human. And we have a family or, you know, many of us have families and we have other relationships outside our business and we have housework to do and bills to pay and all of those other things. And sometimes there's a lot of guilt that can come in. Well, I should be working on my business or I should be doing the housework or I should be doing this, that or the other. And sometimes it's important to to remind ourselves that on some days we're doing the best that we can. Yeah. Yes, I think that's such a that's such an important point. Is, is exactly that, isn't it? Is maybe I'm not going to save the world today. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. not going to create the work that's, you know, going to um, rock my business. But I'm getting through the day. I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm and I'm. It's not like we only have one role in our life, is it? It's not like the business is the only thing. We've got a lot of things that we're doing, and it's acknowledging each of those, I guess. When you have your list, does it? Do you put some of your domestic things on that same list? Uh, I do tend to have two lists, so I'll have my work, and then I'll have everything else. Mm. Um, and it really, you know, again, it depends on the day. If there are things I absolutely have to do for my business, they will come first yeah. because the washing is always going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> you know, the, the dust mm. is always going to be there. It can wait. Um, Exactly. Whereas my client emails uh, and writing articles, those things often won't wait because they have deadlines and, and, you know, my clients are expecting things from me. Mm. So sometimes and and more often I find with soloists, it's the, the personal side that tends to give. Yes. Okay. And tell me, what do you do? What do you do? Or what do you say to people when, again, they're maybe in that situation where they're, they're not their most buoyant self and nowhere near? Do you just pull all the phone sockets out of the wall and ignore your email, or do you? What what strategies do you suggest people adopt in that situation? Do we do we hide from the world, or do we pretend? Oh, that that is such a tricky question to answer because sometimes it can be that that all you want to do is hide from the world, but of course that just creates can create more problems you're avoiding your emails you know that you're avoiding your emails and then people email you again and then you feel guilty um you know and it's that kind of self-flagellation of Mm. of, you know what a horrible scenario yeah so what do you do i think you know again come back to the list even if the only things you have on that list are reply to three emails yeah okay because it's and it is difficult when you're struggling um but the guilt makes it even worse. Yeah. Uh, so just, you know, do what you can and ask for help. Mm. You know, we so often don't feel that we can ask for help. And, and often there are so many things that people can do for us. We don't ask our partners. We don't ask our friends. And it could be simply saying to your partner, look, could you please get dinner tonight? Because I really have to send these emails and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And I can't do everything. And and." we feel like we have to do everything you know there's all these articles you can have it all well maybe you can but not all at the same time yes okay (laughs) 
And, look, and you touched on a point there. You you do a lot of writing. I know, and we're very fortunate at Flying Solo that we we publish some of your articles. And I've seen the way that they engage with people, um, and that must be very cathartic for you as well. I'm imagining to be able to write so clearly and so openly about about issues that you have firsthand experience of or that you've um, you've witnessed in others. I mean whether whether one is writing to be published or just writing for oneself i'm turning into prince charles I keep saying <laughs> um, is is that is that also is that a, a a beneficial thing to be doing i mean i guess it's journaling i'm talking about writing it down is that something we should be looking at Oh, for me, I, I find it very, very helpful and it's part of my own healing. Right. Um, I've always liked writing and when I first started speaking openly about my mental health journey, the reason I did that was because there is still, unfortunately, so much stigma around mental health issues. And I felt that by hiding my own challenges, I was contributing Yep. to that stigma and saying, well, it's not okay that I have a mental health issue. It, it is something that I should be ashamed and embarrassed about. So those first few times that I wrote, I found it really scary. You know, what will people think? Will I be rejected or shunned? Or, But the reaction has been truly incredible. And now I just do it because I, I know from people's comments that it helps other people. Mm. Well, yeah, look, I... I I, it absolutely does. But I guess I'm thinking of someone listening to this might be thinking, well, yes, that's all very well for you, Sharon, because you work as a mind health coach. So it's very relevant for you to talk so openly about your own situation, and your own journey. But if I'm a, I don't know, a financial planner, um, that, that doesn't work, does it, in quite the same way. So for... Or, I don't know, does it? Could we, should we still be talking openly? I don't know. What do you think? It's a tricky one, isn't it? It really is tricky. And I guess it depends on the nature of your relationships with your clients. Mm. Um, we would perhaps hope that small, you know, soloists would have the kind of relationships with their accountant or with their client that these conversations may be possible yeah. because so many of us experience it in our day-to-day -day lives and it helps for people to understand what's going on for you mm -hmm. and unfortunately part of the stigma is that um, people think that you're not reliable or that you're untrustworthy mm. if you're struggling with confidence or, or anxiety. Um, and and so it, it is scary and it can be really scary to open up about these conversations. And it really is down to the the individual. I, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to say, oh, yes, I think we should all be talking openly and freely about things because we don't live in an ideal world. Uh, and again, it comes down to those levels of, of connection with people. Yeah, so true. And, and look, I guess it would... Um I guess the path is is to start talking about it to someone, but don't necessarily go straight out to your clients and customers. Yeah. But it's to you know it's going back to where we started really is start is talking to um, you know people who are in a similar situation to friends to colleagues in a safe space. But then it may well be once you're there, you're realizing actually you know what this is. This is such uh, an important issue, or indeed in many areas, 
such a common issue that perhaps I could be, should be talking about this more openly with with my clients and customers. But I guess it's, you know, every situation is unique in that sense. Yeah. Um, can I, let's move across to sort of other areas. And I, I often hear about, and I know, you know, from my, my own personal experience that, if I get gloomy and and I don't I don't suffer from anxiety I don't suffer from depression but I can get pretty bloody miserable mm-hmm. <laughs> again yeah. um, and cranky and you know all the things that I'm meant to do at this age apparently. Um, <clears throat> what twenty five? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And for me, um, you know, exercise, just getting out, uh, and this is possibly a slightly repetitive topic for me. I'm always talking about it, but. Where does that where does that sit within the work that you do? This whole notion of exercise and being out and seeing the world and just keep moving. What importance do you attach to that? Are oh, incredible amounts of importance. And you know, I know from my experience, sometimes the idea of going outside the house is too much. But when you are just in a, a place of lacking confidence or unsure of what to do next, um, it. Just being out in the fresh air, even if it's just out in your garden. Mm. You know, I go outside and talk to my chooks for 10 minutes. I think the neighbours think I'm a bit strange. but um, they, they, they do, actually. They've, yeah. been, they've been in <laughs> touch. You, yeah. um, you know, just, just having some fresh air, spending 10 minutes out in nature or having a swim, doing a bit of yoga, playing a game with your kids. You know, it doesn't mm. have to be exercise in the traditional sense but how do how do you how does that work for you when you've got this list when you've got these tasks you're meant to be doing how do you what skills do you use where you can say to your inner voice just shut up i'm going for a walk i I know that going for a walk will help my head clear um and that i'll be able to think about the things i need to do and perhaps evaluate if those are the most important, which order I need to do them in. And I find that when I'm walking or or swimming or whatever exercise I'm doing at the time, often ideas will come to me because I'm Mm. out of that headspace. I'm Mm. away from my desk. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't have all those things that I need to do right there in front of me. And it does just give me that headspace I need. And I can come back feeling a hundred times better than when I left the house. Yeah, and so to to some extent, it sounds like going for a swim, going for a walk, that needs to be on our to-do list, doesn't it? I mean, it's something we need to do. Yes. It shouldn't be something that we fit in if we've got time. It needs to be there, doesn't it? Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess I don't have it on my list anymore because I tend to just get up and mm. go for a walk for half an hour. Um, so, yes, if absolutely, if necessary, write it on your list. Yeah. Okay. And don't... Of course, emergencies will always happen, mm. but it needs to be one of those non-negotiable things, really, because so often when we get caught up in the business that we're running, self-care becomes further and further and further down the list. We stop eating healthily. We stop mm. exercising because we just don't have the time. So we're living on coffee and toast and we're wearing our pajamas all day because we can. Yeah. You know, and all of these things slowly build up and build up and build up and don't help with how we're feeling. Yeah, so, so, so true. I remember um, when when I was in the height of my kind of coaching work is often um, someone would come to me when things aren't going so well and they're just feeling a bit flat and a bit blur about business and life. And 
energy would be the thing that was was just not there you know the energy mm -hmm. had kind of left the <laughs> energy had left the building yeah and uh i i remember that the one of my opening questions would often be when you had a lot of energy where did you get it um and it's incredible then people would immediately light and like oh i used to go swimming twice we go to go walk twice a week I used to see my friends once a week I used to take my wife out for dinner once a month or once a week or whatever and all of these things that have just gradually little by little we we've stopped doing them because yeah. we think oh no I you know my business is more important I need to do my business I need to get my head down I need to stay in front of my computer it's just a complete trap isn't it if we start going down that way Oh, absolutely. It's it's a vicious circle. Mm. We we don't do the things that we get pleasure from. Therefore, we start to feel a bit down and then we feel a bit down. So we don't do the things we need to do. And then, of course, if we think about doing something that would give us enjoyment and energy, we feel guilty because we you know, should be working on our business. Mm. And, you know, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Look, Sharon, thank you so much for spending your time with us. I, let me just tell people that there's a whole lot of resources on Sharon's website. That website is she'sgotyousorted.com. She'sgotyousorted.com. Sharon Chisholm has been my guest. Um, you'll find her work on Flying Solo, so please do have a look. Some fantastic articles on there. I'm not sure when your next one's there, but I rush to read them as soon as they arrive. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So let me just tell you also that support for this podcast comes from Sendle, the door-to-door -door parcel delivery service that's cheaper than the post office. Head to sendle.com Flying Solo to get free Sendle premium worth $120 a year, and you'll get an extra dollar of every parcel you send. So Sharon, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, any passing final messages from you? Oh goodness, thank you, thank you for having me. And I guess my last message would be, talk to someone. Talk to someone, good advice indeed. Sharon, thank you very much for spending your time with the Flying Solo community, thanks. Thank you. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 